Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Shane Benson. Welcome to Launch University Podcast. I'm Shane Benson. I'll be your host today. And I have the distinct pleasure of having Mackenzie Wilson with me today. She is co-founder of Delight Ministries. We're so excited. And, you know, at Launch University, we're all about trying to help each of you be difference makers. And oftentimes, there, where, where you're at and where you want to be, there's a gap of knowledge. And so connecting you with other launchers, other leaders, other difference makers allows us to help you fill those gaps from where you are to where you want to be. So um, it is a really cool honor and an opportunity for me because Mackenzie and I go way back. She's um, a really, really dear friend of our family. And so we happen to be in all places at the lake having just celebrated a wedding of my son. And so uh, she's a dear family friend, and it's just awesome to have you here for so many different reasons. But we thought, what a great opportunity. Let's just, at the lake, have a podcast about one of the fa- your favorite things in the world, which is Delight Ministries. And I want to give you guys the pleasure of getting to hear a little bit of her story, how that ministry got started. And I do want to apologize. There could be some boats coming by. Yeah. You may hear some loud music <laughs> from people wakeboarding out there. But that's what this is all about. We try to meet you where you're at. And today you're meeting us where we're at. So we're going to have a good time with it. So, Mackenzie, thanks so much for being here. Take us back. Like, how did, what was the genesis of Delight Ministries? And give us a little history there. Well, first, thanks for having me. This is so fun. It is fun. I feel like Shane is like my uncle from long ago. So it's so fun to get to connect with you and be a part of this. Uh, But yes, so Delight. Delight is actually, so it's a college women's ministry. And um, it all began as a simple Bible study at Belmont University. So I actually went to Belmont University, um, graduated in 2015. But my sophomore year of college, a couple friends and I just kind of felt felt like God put it on our heart to start a Bible study for women on our campus. Uh, We had kind of just finished our freshman year and just realizing how hard it can be to find community and how hard it can be to find Christ-centered community on our campus. We thought it'd be really cool to kind of offer that to some freshman women coming in. And so the three of us, there was three of us in the beginning, we decided to start a little Bible study. We really thought it was going to be five or 10 women in a coffee shop every week, just kind of hanging out opening the Bible, talking about our faith, and uh, just kind of got started. And then that little Bible study just started to grow and grow on our campus. And um, the three of us have kind of big personalities and are big on being invitational and just inviting everybody that we came across. And so word just started to spread. And so that Bible study grew to 30 to 40 to 50. And by the end of our sophomore year, we had about 100 women coming every single week. And we met in our campus bell tower. So it was the only space on campus that you didn't have to reserve. You didn't have to be an official organization. And is there a prayer chapel in the bottom of it? And there are stairs that kind of lined up to the bells. And so you would literally walk in on Friday mornings when we'd meet and there'd be girls all the way up the staircase because that's the only way we could fit them all in this room. It was a really just beautiful picture. So let me put you on pause for just a second because, I mean, I've had the pleasure of being a part of a lot of different small groups, but they're pretty similar. Yeah. Um, I get the feeling that this caught on 
because it was different. Like, what's unique about Delight that's maybe different from a typical small group? Yeah, so at Delight, we really focus on stories and believe in the power of stories. And so every single week at Delight, we read the story of a college girl where she shares about something that she's been through, something that she's gone through in college, um, whether that be homesickness or trying to figure out her major or a breakup, whatever it is. And then um, she shares that story. And then we add to it. We add scripture and discussion questions and daily devotionals. And so every week you're coming and you're talking about stories and it really opens the door for vulnerability. It opens the door for people to say, oh, there's this girl in Colorado who really struggled with changing her major junior year. And here I am a junior and I need to change my major. And so it just opens the door for people to go, oh my goodness, me too. And then you can really talk about just How transformation. How cool is that? So really the, the the link to all this is meeting people where they're at yeah. with these stories. And yep. so I hear a story, I go, oh, that's exactly the situation I went through or I'm going through currently. You know, it's, it's kind of fascinating, actually. I mean, in a sense, that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. We try to meet people where they are, and we try and introduce them to stories that may be synergistic with something that's happening in their lives, that it's that way it can be helpful. So you... Take this content, these stories, do, are, is this um, like a community shared story platform? Do you guys source those stories? How do y'all do that? So yeah, so this is actually my main role at Delight. I'm the one out looking for stories, finding stories. So we really just reach out to our community, all of our Delight women, and just say, hey, would you want to share uh, just a story of how God's been transformative in your life in college. And then we work with them, work with different college women to share their story. Um, and then we put them in books. And so every semester in college has a different book and it has 10 stories in each book. And then you read through the stories. There's devotionals with it, questions. And so our, all of our Delight women access it through the books. So it's really fun. Wow. So you connect them with these stories, then you attach some scripture to that. And then yeah. you guys really... The format of the of the study or the small group is just kind of Q and A around that and yes. conversation around the story and then the scriptures. Yeah, and it's wow. really cool because a lot of campus ministries that I'd been a part of, you kind of went and you listened to one person talk, and then you'd maybe kind of talk afterwards. But delight is really participatory. It's really about coming in and saying, "Hey, none of us are really." the true expert here. We're all just kind of learning. We're all growing through this time in college. So it's really cool because it's so conversational. It's, hey, God taught me this when I went through that. And, oh, that reminds me, God taught me this. And it reminds me of this scripture. And so it's really cool just to get to learn from other women that, you know, you get to do life with too. So it's been really special and I think unique. So here you are at Belmont University. The bell tower is starting to get filled. Spiral, to fill. <laughs> spiral staircase is filling up. Tell, talk to us about how that's grown. Like what ha what happened um, after you started this, and when did you know you might be on to something? Yes. So summer after sophomore year, the other girl that I lead Delight with, her name is Mackenzie, too. We're both named Mackenzie. Um, it's kind of funny. We go by Mac and Ken's. But, Love that. Uh, Ken's and I were both going home for about a week in the summer, and then we were going to both be living in Nashville, our college town, for the rest of the summer. And so Ken's uh, went home for the first day, and she calls me, and she's like, hey, I need to talk to you about something. This is really serious. Like, get alone. Don't tell anybody. I'm like, oh, my goodness. What is she about to tell me? Um, 
but she says, you know, I was on the plane ride home and I really felt like God just kind of gave me a picture of what delight could look like on college campuses all over the country. And I think there are other women on other college universities who really crave this type of community too. And I think that we could be the ones to help offer that. And so um, she was like, you know, do you want to do this? Like we could spend all summer putting together a website and curriculum and all these things. And I'm normally pretty pretty rational and can kind of be like, oh, that's not going to work. But for some reason I said, yeah, okay, I'm in. Like, let's do this. I really, I think we both just felt the transformation that it had in our lives, our our sophomore year in college, and just really wanted to create that for other women. So summer, we got back, and we'd meet every single day. We'd get off work, and we'd meet at a coffee shop and just start kind of praying and dreaming and just investing our time in what delight could look like on other universities. And that fall, we convinced uh, a couple of our friends from high school to start delight groups on their campuses. Um, All right, hit the pause right there. (laughs) This is a great, this is a key moment. So you went from idea to, and I mean this respectfully, we have no idea what we're doing moment, right? It's like, okay, so how do you do a podcast? How do you, how do you set up, you know, uh, a blog? How do you set up a website, an app, whatever that looks Take us through that, because I do think there's a lot of people out there that, including myself, you know, you have an idea, but that first step is a big one because you're you're kind of into nowhere land. I don't know what I'm doing. So take us back to that moment. Like, how did you guys get started even thinking about growing this bigger than just Belmont University? Yeah, so the very, it's so funny you asked this because the very first thing we did, I remember, is we we knew we wanted to create curriculum. And so we're like, we need a publisher. We thought we needed a publisher. First step. This is sophomore year. And uh, so we started meeting with people. We just met, we just would call like, oh, my friend's dad is a publisher. Let's get on the phone with him. And so we just asked if we could meet with them. And I remember through different people, kind of them saying, okay, I think at this stage, you don't need a publisher. Why don't you try this on your own and uh, just do it all like DIY version and put it together. And then maybe down the road, you'd need a publisher. And so that's kind of what we did. We just met with a bunch of different people who gave us little tidbits of advice and we started piecing it together and knowing, okay, we need a website and a friend of a friend does websites and we need um, a graphic designer and we know a girl who does graphic design. And so that was really what happened. We just all right, met there's, with people. There's a great, great lesson in this. And we talk a lot about at Launch University, we, we call it the launch cycle or the, the innovation cycle. And it's understand, imagine, prototype, validate, and launch. Here's what I caught in that. Like immediately, oftentimes we want to go from idea, we think there's a problem, and here's the problem. You know, you've got women out there that are struggling in college that maybe need a small group to come to, and with shared stories and scripture, we can help them. Great idea. Let's launch. And you skip over, okay, some imagining. Yep. Or you go straight from imagine to launch. But the critical thing that you said there, which I think was great and you got great counsel, was you got a prototype. We often kind of say that's like toothpicks and cotton swabs. It's like just put stuff together, see if it works, um, i.e., don't just go out and hire a publisher. That's like almost launching. It's like, no, no, no. Try and do this yourself. Prototype. Yes. Once you figure out what's happening, a prototype, you go back to understand. You go, okay, we don't really need to do that. We need to do something else. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's a really healthy reminder to just get out there and see what might work. Yes. So here you guys are. You're trying things. You're testing things. Okay, so how? when did it start to take off and catch 
catch fire. Yeah, so we launched uh, my junior year on a couple more universities, and it was so trial and error. I remember we put on our website a tab that said Start a Delight. And I remember when we put it up there, we said, no one will ever do this, but just in case, like we should put it up there that if somebody ever <laughs> finds out about Delight and wants it. to bring it, like we'll have that. And so I remember like three months into it, somebody filled it out. It's a crazy story. They found our logo on Pinterest and like somehow got to our website and really felt called to bring it to their university. And so I remember when somebody signed up, we were like, now what do we do? What do we tell them? We don't we don't have anything to tell them. You know, this is what we did, but we don't really know how this works on other universities. Uh, but we had really awesome leaders in the beginning who kind of worked with us through that trial and error phase. And so um, all throughout college, Ken's and I, every free moment that we had, we were just working on Delight and putting together, you know, that first book we did, we did about six volume ones until we finally got the volume one that stuck. So when you talk about prototype. Prototyping, yes. prototyping, prototyping. <laughs> love it. Yes. That's yeah, we really did. And so we just kind of kept at it. We both kind of had to come up with the realization our senior year of we were both really involved in a lot of different things and kind of had to put all of our eggs in one basket. Kind of had to say, you know, everything else, if this is really what we want to go after, like we're going to have to really focus in on this. And so... That's such a great example, too, because we talk, a lot of our listeners, um, they have, a, you know, this love interest over here that becomes what we call side hustle. Yep. And you've got a lot of things going on. You're either working or you got a part-time job or, you know, you're in other ministries or what have you. But all of a sudden, this side hustle becomes bigger than a side hustle. And there's a critical point there where you have to make a decision, okay, I'm going to have to put all of my resources over here. Yes. How did you make that transition? Like, and, and I want to fast forward a little bit because knowing where this story is going, I mean, you literally go to college to get a degree to go get a job, right? That's <laughs> typically what you go to do. Yes. And here you are in college getting a degree, and all of a sudden this passion project is like, wait a minute, do I go out and actually use my degree over here, or do I follow my heart and get into this side hustle, or it's been a side hustle and make it full-time. Talk a little bit about what was that transition, because there's nobody's paying you at this point, right? No. Yes. How do you do that? Yes, exactly. So senior year, getting ready to graduate, facing that reality of, oh my goodness, we're going to have to go out and get real jobs, and how are we going to do this at the same time? Once again, had a serious conversation where we just said, hey, are we going to do this? Like, are we going to really commit our lives? Is this going to be our mission in life, our passion in life? Or is this just going to be this fun project in college? And both of us were kind of like, yes, this is 100% what we feel called to. So we just made that decision and didn't know what that was going to look like. But seriously, three months later, we'd gotten our 501c3 status my senior year, uh, so our nonprofit status. And so three months later, we had somebody reach out to us who just said, hey, I want to fully fund this first year. I want you guys to be able to go for this and do this. And it was just a bystander, somebody who had been watching what we had been doing. And that was really the turning point because going into my second semester senior year, we both knew that this was going to get to be our full-time jobs when we graduated. And it really just was a launching pad for us to be able to 
to grow delight to what it is today, which is just a ministry all over the country. We have chapters at about 130 college campuses wow. all over the country, a couple um, even overseas. We have like one in UK, one in the UK, one in Uganda, and then always growing. We had, I was just telling uh, some people last week that just last week we had 25 people reach out to us about starting a delight on their campus. So it's just- So words catching yeah, on Yeah, words catching. I'm, I'm curious, take, um, you started delight, what was the first- launch of a club. What year was that? That was in 2012. 2012. So yes. fast forward six years. Here you're almost seven. Yep. And things are starting to catch fire. So we just, we did an interview just recently and they talked about, I said, so where are you in the business? And he goes, we're 10 years into an overnight success. It's so and real. <laughs> it so resonates, right? Yes. I, I think a lot of launchers, including myself, you, you launch them and you kind of expect it to catch on. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, you've put six or seven years into this and just now it's really starting to catch up. And yeah. so as of last week, 25 people call and they're interested in starting a new club on a college campus. And I think sometimes for launchers, that can be frustrating, but I, I really do want to encourage you, stick at it, stay yes. at it, because I think that hard work will pay off, and it's paying off for you guys now. Yeah. Let's transition a little bit. So you and Ken's, you both have these responsibilities as co-founders, and there may be some of you out there that are in a partnership together trying to work on something. And by the way, I have a big, a big wave coming in right now, so it could make some really <laughs> loud noise. Um, but together, you guys have co-founded this. How do you split up those responsibilities? Like, how did you decide who was going to do what? Yeah. I'm so glad you said the thing about just uh, the time that it takes because I think over the years, this is something we really had to kind of struggle through and kind of figure out along the way, what are the things we're good at? Because when we first started, we were both doing everything and, and didn't really know, didn't really understand kind of our gifts. But I think over the years, we've kind of realized and become the leaders and the visionaries uh, that we've wanted to be that we didn't know how to be in the beginning. And so I can't imagine if we would have had that overnight success early, it probably would have crashed and burned because we wouldn't have been ready for it, I think, just as, as humans and as leaders. And so it's been really cool. I think now we're really figuring out who we are just as individuals and then who we are as leaders within our organization. So for me, I kind of um, have really drawn and kind of been pulled into more of the spiritual side of things and really leading the ministry forward spiritually. And that's been really cool because it's creating curriculum. It's creating the things that like, what are the women in our organization actually going to be interacting with day to day? And how are we not just providing them a fun, cute, pink community, um, how are we actually providing them a community that like draws them into a deeper walk with the Lord and really draws them into transformation that they're spending their four years in college really making a difference and really um, investing in their faith and investing in the people around them. So that's really kind of where I'm leading. And then Ken's is really excited and energized about kind of internally growing the organization, just processes and our staff, making sure our staff feels like loved on and feels like an, you know, an organization that we're really all chasing after a mission together. And so it's been really cool because early days I did more just, I'm kind of more creative. So 
I did the creatives and she's more relational. So she kind of led the relationship side. And it's funny how even within the last year, that's really shifted where we know, oh, it's so much more than that. And it's so much bigger than that. And we've really figured out more of that just within the last year, I think. Where did you guys, um, and it, it may not have happened, but has there been friction like with the two of you? Like you're starting something. I mean, initially it was, here was the org chart. You and Kent's. Yeah. That was it, right? <laughs> That's it. And then as you grow, you've got to add pieces to that. Um, yeah. Where has, you know, share with us where might some of that friction have occurred for y'all? And how did you guys work through that? Yeah. The, having a co-founder is so beautiful and amazing. Um, somebody that truly is on the days where you're discouraged, they're like, top of the world excited about it. So that's been really beautiful to have that. But there have been, I think just one or two times where we have completely disagreed on something. Like <laughs> we just have, like we saw it differently. And a lot of times I think in hindsight, I'm super thankful for that because, you know, we come from different backgrounds. We come from different ways of thinking. And it, I think that's really what makes Delight be beautiful and it's made it probably where it is today. But there have definitely been moments where we just completely disagreed and we probably didn't handle it very well. Honestly, <laughs> we didn't. I think it kind of it caused uh, some, like you said, some friction within our our relationship. And then it's funny how you can feel that friction throughout the whole organization. Just mm. because if we weren't on the same page, if we weren't kind of investing in our relationship, everybody felt it. And so I think we've really learned like, no matter what, that partnership has to be protected. So if you're if you're out there and you know, you're in a partnership, or maybe you're just trying to do something with a friend to get something started. Is there any advice that you would give to help people work through that? Like, what is it that you guys did? It may be something really simple, but I'd be curious. And I think our listeners would be curious to know how'd you, any advice you'd give to think what's the next step? What do you need to do to work through that together? Yeah. So something that we've just recently um, really implemented is we're really trying to implement two things, rhythms and routines with one another, and then also expectations with one another. Um, so rhythm and routines look like a weekly time for us to just check in with each other. We can get so busy doing our own separate worlds, you know, what she's in charge of, what I'm in charge of, that we miss connecting with each other other than like quick little business meetings. So it's been really fun to, we go on what we just call them prayer walks. And so Thursday afternoons going on prayer walks together. And that's just a time for us to connect with each other, but also just pray together over the ministry, over the organization. Uh, we do like celebration dinners all the time. We always try to take the time to stop and celebrate like what God's done, where we've come. Um, and so celebration times. And then secondly, that expectations thing, we realized that we had a lot of uh, little things that we kind of would get annoyed with each other at, like showing up late for meetings and silly things like that. So it's actually a funny thing we're trying now is if one of us is more than like 10 minutes late to a meeting, we have to pay each other 20 bucks. It's a new thing to keep us accountable. Yeah. But it's actually kind of fun because we're both like, oh shoot, I gotta be on time because I don't want to lose my 20 bucks. And just little things like that, that um, kind of giving each other accountability in the things that we know can be stumbling blocks for us and that if we can just avoid those, if we can just... Well, it's, it's so better. it's so interesting because I, I think it's it's such a 
literally pardon the pun, but it's such a delight to get to hear <laughs> this because you're starting and you're yeah. trying to figure out how to grow this thing. And so you mentioned a couple things. And I think they're they're critical. One is you talked about weekly huddles. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about the importance of just getting together and catching up. Like, where are we? And if you're not careful, as you get bigger and you start to layer out that org chart, you are so busy, each of you, that you forget to do the weekly huddle and catch yeah. up. The second thing I heard you say is, you know, you take a second make sure you have moments of celebration you have to celebrate because in the midst of getting or being really busy sometimes you forget to actually celebrate these small accomplishments but which back in the early days you would have naturally done yes but they just don't seem as big or as relevant now so you, you don't you, you miss those opportunities so moments of celebration and then third which i love i, I mean this is so, so refreshing it's like <laughs> simple things like meeting norms like yeah. show up on time come prepared and and if you don't, you're going to owe me 20 bucks. Okay. So <laughs> those little things can make a huge difference they because can. if not, those, I hate to say it, but you kind of press those things down in there and you go and you start asking, you start telling yourself stories like, why isn't she showing up yeah. on time? Or does and when she not you're seven care years in, those yeah. things happen. It happens. Yeah, that does. So yeah. that's typical. So I think remembering those things can be super helpful for the, those of you that are kind of getting started or I don't care where you are in business. It's a great reminder for me, actually, meeting with my team, celebrating moments and having some meeting norms always is a good thing. Yes. So, okay. So you guys are in the midst of starting to really pick up. And I want to go back to a classic thing that happens, I think, to a lot of entrepreneurs and even intrapreneurs. Let's say you're in, let's say you're an entrepreneur in a business and you've been given a huge project. And initially that project comes with lots of energetic moments. You know, you're trying to get this thing started and you're going at it. As an entrepreneur, you're trying to start a business or idea and there's a lot of energy in there. And you're responsible for doing some of the key things involved in that work. And all of a sudden you grow and you look back and you go, wait a minute. I don't get to do these other things that I used to love doing as much because I'm tied into bigger projects. It's got a yeah. big team to it now. How do you make sure that you're staying fueled by what you love to do and not getting distracted by the momentum or the minutia of this large organization that you've now got on your hands? Yes. Yeah. This is something we're right in the middle of the season of trying to figure this all out. And it's been challenging because I know I think any entrepreneur, it's really hard to pass things off. It's really tough. Like when you've done it from the beginning and you've done it this way. And it, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> or at least you think it you did. You think it right, worked. Right. Giving it to somebody else is terrifying and scary. But I think it's, we've kind of realized in being an entrepreneur and being a leader, uh, we do a lot of the really cool big things, but it's really important to do the really unglamorous things at the same time. Mm. And so I think we're really trying to find that balance is, you know, how are we leading everybody forward? How are we casting vision? I think vision is the thing that we throw around that word all the time at Delight um, and really trying to implement that into our staff, but also our leaders, um, because we have leaders on college campuses that are, it's more of a volunteer role, but they're hugely invested in Delight. And so we constantly try to go back to the vision. Like, what is it that we're trying to do? Because it can get lost along the way. It gets lost, especially in ministry, it can just get lost. Um, And so we always try to go back to like, what is it that we're trying to do? We're trying to invite college women into Christ-centered community that fosters vulnerability, transforms stories. So how are we doing that? How are we doing that? Not just in our chapters, but how are we doing that as a staff? How are we doing that as a team? How am I doing that as an individual? And so for me, it looks like 
I try to do ministry in my everyday life because I can kind of skip that. So I still try to meet with women, meet with college girls, and invite them into that same sort of community um, just in my life, even if it's outside of Delight, because that really draws me back to the vision all the time. And so when I step into my office, like, that's what I'm leading out of. I'm not leading out of like being 10 steps removed from it. I'm leading out of like, oh, I just did that last night. And I remember that it's really transformative and Mm -hmm. that it changes everything for a college woman. And so we've got to keep doing that in everything that we do. I love that because I think it's a really good reminder for folks that there are times when, yes, you have to learn how to pull back. You have to learn how to delegate. But you also need to look for those moments where you can really get down there. And I, I call it that frontline obsession, being yes. at the spot where it's really making a difference. So how are you in your situation showing up as a leader there at that club meeting somewhere in the country where you're actually seeing it play out? You yeah. know, it's really fascinating. I'm in a fascinating book right now about Elon Musk. And huge vision. I mean, yeah. let's we're going to land a man and live on Mars. It's like, okay, how do you get there? But here's what he's really good. He's really good at casting vision. And then the guy loves to write code. I mean, he's <laughs> getting in there with engineers uh-huh. and he's just he can't do it all the time, but he's never lost that passion for what really got him started was figuring out the answers to complex problems through engineering written code. And he's like, gets down in there. So when there's a problem, he gets with those engineers and he works on it and he goes all day long with those guys. He can't do it all the time, Mm -hmm. but he needs to do it sometimes because that's at the essence of what they're trying to do. What I hear in you is, hey, you've got to cast vision. You've got to keep leading, but you also got to get down there and get into the work so that you really have a sense of what's going on in the ministry. Yeah. That's awesome. Great, great principle there. That's a great lesson. All right, so just to kind of close up the interview a little bit, what's next for Delight? Like, what are y'all dreaming about right now? And how are you dreaming as a leader about what's next? Yeah, definitely. We really, I think, have spent the last couple of years, because when we graduated college, I I will be honest, it was a mess. We didn't really know anything, what it was, how we were going to grow it. And so I think the last three years have been what I like to call our foundational years. We just, we went back, we fixed the foundation. There were holes, there were gaps. And so we went back and we just tried to make everything really solid so that when we tried to build a house on it, when we tried to, you know, build more and more chapters on top of it, it was going to hold and it was going to be able to last. We really want it to be lasting and sustainable and not just something that dies out in a couple years. And so now, um, foundation's ready to go almost. And so we're really ready just to multiply this thing. And it's really happening. It happens naturally because we have so many women who are such their lives have been transformed. They've met community. They've met Jesus through this organization. And so, like, they're telling everybody about it. And uh, I told uh, Ken's the other day, I told her, I was like, have you been on social media lately? Like, Delight is blowing up right now, which is so fun and so cool. Um, and there's that little moment of hesitation, like, oh, my goodness, are we ready? But then I'm, I'm so thankful that we've, we've spent that three years getting ready for this, that overnight success mm. that so often from the outside looks like. And so I think that we're just ready to invite more and more women into this and to just kind of create these communities. Our goal is to have a delight chapter on every single college campus across the country and just continue to grow leaders who not only lead in college, but continue to do that like 
in their entire life. Um, and so that's what's really cool is Delight just doesn't stay on college campuses. Like we've already seen our alumni, people who have graduated, how they're just like what they learned from leading a Delight chapter, how it's changing everything that they're doing as they're moving forward. And so just continuing to do that and just to grow this community through ways that we're now having to think outside of the box of the way we've always thought. And that's where it's really fun inviting new people in, um, bringing new people on, passing things off, and then us just kind of getting to lead that vision forward and just to kind of hang out with people too is kind of where I see well, our roles we, going. We would, we would love to stay on this journey with you uh, yeah. because I think, again, all of us as launchers are trying to ultimately be difference makers. It's evident that you are on your way in a significant way to being a difference maker. And that's why we love connecting each yeah. other. I'm curious if people wanted to know a little bit more, how can we get a whole, how can we find out more about Delight Ministries? Yes, you can go to our website, delightministries.com, um, social media, Instagram, it's at Delight Ministries, and it's all there on the social media, on the website, contact info, it's all there. So um, if you have a sister, if you have a daughter, if yes. you have a friend that is currently on a college campus and is in need of meeting people that will meet them where they are in life and help them walk together through this journey we call life uh, and doing it in a significant way, I would encourage you uh, to look up Delight Ministries. I want to say thank you so much, Mackenzie, for Shane. spending some time with us today. And we're going to hang out at the lake today yes, as well. Can't so wait. Um, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> about that as well. And as a reminder, um, you can reach us. I would, I would love, we would love to get a review of uh, this podcast or what we're trying to do. We really are trying to get better each and every time we do this. We're on our way to our 100th episode uh, podcast interview. Views, and so we're excited about that. And one of the things that we're trying to do is do some Q&A with our listeners. And so if you've got a question, uh, depending on where you're at right now that you want answered, feel free to go on to launchuniversity.com and uh, fill out. You can actually leave a voicemail. You can actually do it electronically. But we'd love to know what your question is uh, that we can you know, follow up on in a, in a upcoming episode of Launch University podcast. But we just want to say thank you so much for continuing to be a, a, a listener and following us. We're really excited to be on this journey with you because we're on this journey. And again, we're all trying to be difference makers and let's do that together. So Mackenzie, thanks for being thanks here today. For having me. And uh, we'll see you next time on Launch University. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.